Hi, I'm Fallon. You're listening to the Heartbroken Podcast. I have been so obsessive. I don't know if I've mentioned this recently over podcasts lately. I've been listening to so many. Um, as some of my favorites are, I just started listening because I, I like a girl in LA. She does a radio show. Her name is Tanya. So she has one with um, a girl named Becca and it's called Scrubbing In. And they're just cute and positive. And then I've been listening to um, Second Life. I always listen to that one. I really like it. And Be There in Five. And anyway, I've been just going on a lot of walks and enjoying that. It's been a weird week in my house. Our AC has been out. Here in Minnesota, it's been like the hottest it's ever been. It's been in the high 90s. So our house inside has been in the 80s. Oh my gosh. So it has been brutal. And um, wow, how we've stayed cool is honestly minimal clothing and a fan. And that's about it. So it's getting fixed. We're so thankful that we can get it fixed. Um, But yeah, it's been rough. So weird to think that this is potentially the second to last. I say potentially because I never like to say it's over for good. I mean, what if in two months I'm like, I miss Heartbroken and I do a new episode. I don't want to give anyone false hope. That is not my plan. Uh, The plan is for this to be the second to last episode. And then in two weeks, because I'm recording the next one next Friday. So the following Friday uh, would be the final episode. And it's uh, it's brutal. I think I'm going to have two girls on for that one and the same episode which I've only done one other time before a long time ago. I just want to thank you for sticking with me through all of this. I fixed my microphone because the last two weeks were garbage on my microphone end. I made errors, fixed it for this week, and I'm just so thankful that you're listening. Ashley joins me today on the Heartbroken Podcast for what I would call a very different type of episode. We have never covered um, a story like this. So Ashley, maybe tell everyone a little bit about what they'll hear in your story today. Yeah. So I was woken up in the middle of the night to every homeowner, apartment owner's worst nightmare. Um, And after that, I lost everything. And after that, my mental health really declined. I'm Fallon, and this is the Heartbroken Podcast. Everyone has experienced heartbreak in their life, some more than others. Often, we feel like we're bothering our family or friends when we talk about it. I started this podcast to help those going through heartbreak share their stories. Sometimes it's easier to share with someone they don't know. I hope it's somewhat therapeutic for them. Maybe it gives them some closure. And to those listening, I hope it helps you feel less alone. Thank you for listening to the Heartbroken Podcast. Ashley, let's go back and let's talk about this apartment. And um, was this, your, this was your first apartment, right? It was my first one by myself. Um, so I had lived in a apartment with multiple roommates. Um, and it was my first time just being out on my own. Um, I was working two jobs. I just started grad school. And I just felt it was time for me to have my own space and just feel even more independent. Gotcha. Um, that's always a big step because, um, that, I mean, everything depends on you. You're no longer pitching in for toilet paper. (laughs) You are now completely responsible for the rent every month. Like all of the rent, you have to pay the deposit, all of that. So how to tell us a little bit about, you know, finding the perfect place for you and what that was like for you to kind of go out on your own. Yeah. So I found it on Craigslist. Um, it was just a girl who was moving to a different state. And so she wanted to find a new place and she actually, um, picked me to tour the apartment because I was the only female <laughs> that had requested to see it. And she just felt safe having another female come because she lived by herself as well. So um, I went and looked at it and it just was this pretty old house. 
Um, it's and it was like a, a house that was sectioned off, and so I had the largest kind of section of the of that house, and it was just this charming thing. Like it was just really quirky. It had some sayings up on the walls. I mean, even just the setup of it was very strange, but um, it had this clawfoot tub that I just loved, and that just had me sold. And it just kind of worked out, and so I moved in. Um, I believe it was in April of 2015. And so is it just you moved in alone? Did you have any pets or anything? I moved in by myself, um, but then that November, I ended up getting a cat. Um, His name was Tater. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect name. And how was the apartment? You said it was a little quirky, like looking. Did it have its quirks? It certainly did. Um, I had an attic that always freaked me out, so I never went up there, and I always kept the door locked. Um, You know, friendly neighbors that for the most part kept to themselves, so it was a pretty quiet house. Um, yeah, I lived there for a long time and just made a lot of memories there with my friends and my family, you know, it was kind of the spot that everyone would come to for dinners and, you know, we would pregame at my house before we go out to the bars, which was just down around the block. Um, you know, at one point my best friend lived across the street, so it just was a a vital place for my early twenties. Yeah. I feel like a, a lot of people can relate to that. It's, um, you know, for some people, It'll be like, oh, this is, you know, the home that I brought my baby home to. And, you know, this is like my first family home or this is. But there are our homes while they're just homes. They capture so many memories and moments in time for us. And and it's a home. That's like our that's the place we feel the safest and most secure is our home. And that one was an important one to you. And that's even where you were living when you met your boyfriend now yes husband. it was um he was basically there every night so um we started dating in, in October of 2018 and um once it hit December I'm like you're here every day <laughs> you might as well move in because <laughs> it makes no sense for us to keep going back and forth when we literally are here every night <laughs> and so he moved in a little so after Christmas here. okay and obviously things went well because you guys got married. <laughs> it did. <laughs> eventually. But after you guys moved in in 2018, yep. you said, uh, something happened in 2019 that changed your lives completely. It did. And I would say just changed us as people completely. Um, so January 26th, my now husband and I went to bed. Um, I was supposed to actually be working the last day of one of my jobs that weekend because I felt that I need to spend more time with friends and family. So I cut back from having four jobs. I was going to go down to three. Um, and it was a really big deal. It was a job that I loved. And so we went to bed, me preparing to have those final days in that weekend. But at 1230, we, well, it was 1250, um, in the morning we were woken up by, um, a fire. How did that fire wake you up? Because this is everyone's mm-hmm. worst nightmare. Did you hear people? Did you hear, uh, did you hear, smell smoke? What um, happened? Kind of none of those things. Um, I'm a really heavy sleeper. Um, and my husband sometimes is, sometimes isn't. That night he wasn't sleeping very well. Um, and I woke up to him kind of wrestling around our bedroom and I'm like, what's going on? And I looked out the window and you could see like this a glow outside my window. And I, I asked him, like, oh, are the neighbors having a bonfire? Like, that's kind of late. It's weird. Um, and he's like, no, something doesn't seem right. Um, and so he got dressed and left the room. And then he came back in and was yelling fire. 
um, and was like, we need to get out, we need to get out. And so I, you know, got myself dressed um, to go outside. And um, in that process, like just searching around, where are my shoes? Where, where's a jacket? Um, I ended up finding a jacket. Unfortunately, where our shoes were was right across from where the fire was. Um, the fire was in my bathroom, which was right next to my door. Um, and so it was kind of like, oh, am I going to take time to put on my shoes when I can literally see the fire? Probably not. Um, and so we ended up going downstairs. Yeah. I went down first. Um, and then my now husband came down initially with me and then ran up to try to see if he could find my cat. He, he didn't. And then he came back out um, after me. So you said this is a, a house that's sp- uh, separated into other places. So you aren't the only person that lives in this house. Yeah. Were they the neighbors? Were you able to get like bang on their doors or was it all so fast? It, what happened? Yeah. So the other person that was upstairs luckily wasn't home. She was on vacation, um, thankfully, because she probably would not have made it out in time. Um, the person that was below me heard kind of us yelling. And so she naturally just came out and, and saw what was happening and then evacuated. Um, as far as the other two units, we did go around to their doors and windows and you know, we're knocking and yelling them to for them to to get out as well. And keep in mind, like this is January and it was negative sixteen degrees that day. So everyone got out. <laughs> yes, everyone got out. Yep. And you're all standing around. It's January in Minnesota, which means it's cold. Yeah. Yep. It was negative sixteen that day, um, that night. You can't find your cat. I don't know if your neighbors had animals that they were concerned yeah, about. Yeah, it that part was kind of a mess. Um my now husband and I were the only ones who got injured, but we didn't know it at that time because of adrenaline and things like that. And so um, I realized that my feet were getting frostbite because I didn't have shoes. So I was actually running to the back, like trying to go around the house to get into my car. Um, firefighters told me I had to move the car or get out of it. <laughs> and so I'm like, well, I'm going to move it because it's my only source of heat right now. And so I moved into like a parking lot that was across the street yeah. from the house and just literally sat there and watched the house burn down. Um, I mean, law enforcement and firefighters were there within minutes. We actually lived a, a block away from them. Uh, so they were there very timely. It just happened so fast and it was such a big fire already before we even woke up and noticed it that there was really no return. And so, yeah, everybody was just kind of standing around trying to call people. I had left my phone in my apartment, so I had to use my, my husband's phone to call people, call into work because I was supposed to work two jobs the next day. It was a lot to handle. <laughs> I can't even imagine without ever experiencing it at at this point whenever the adrenaline's there you don't notice your injuries. What's going through your mind because you have the the sense to call your job which just shows me what a responsible um human and employee you are. I mean, has it even hit you the loss yet? It didn't. I was just in such a mode of like what what is happening? Is this even real? Um, you know, what is going on? What am I going to do? What, you know, just all of that, just trying to figure things out. I've always been kind of a planner. And so to realize like, wow, there's really no plan for this was really hard. Well, it's so interesting. I mean, one of those kind of like conversation, you know, pieces people will have is, you know, your house is on fire. What's what's what do you grab before you leave? You don't even have time to grab your shoes to leave your yeah, apartment. You, I work in mental health. And so I actually am really great at working in in crisis. And so I always thought like, okay, if something like that happened with me, I'd be able to be so rational and get what I need and go. And in that moment, I wasn't, I was just literally walking in circles. 
And my husband was like, Ashley, you need to get out of the house. Like, we need to go. What time did they finally get the fire out? Um, From what we were told, they didn't get the fire out until around 6 or 7 a.m. And even then, the next day, they had to go and put out a couple hot spots, is what they call it. Um, there was a period of time that we were actually taken to the hospital because of our injuries. And then when we got brought back, my parents walked around to call for my cat, who was never found. Um, and then we went to stay with my parents until the next day. Um, but even in the hospital, I was not fully understanding what was happening. What were your injuries in addition to the frostbite you had? Yeah, so um, my husband had a little bit of smoke inhalation, so he actually was the first patient. Um, They actually drove the ambulance over by me so I could get in to go with him, and then they looked at the bottom of my feet, and I had stepped on burnt tar, and so I I had burnt feet on on top of frostbite feet. (laughs) Yeah, and then I had some spots in, like, my hands, Um, my husband had like spots on his upper body where like the tar melted onto us. Um, I had it just completely in my hair. It was so terrible. Um, so they had to figure out at the hospital, like how to get the tar off and then work on like the burns. When were you discharged? When, what did they do? Yeah. So we got brought to, we got brought into the hospital for about, about one 30. Um, I was discharged around, I think it was about three, somewhere between three and four. Uh, my parents came and met us at the hospital so that way they could drive us, you know, to their house to stay for the night and whatnot. Um, and even while I was there at the hospital, I was telling my mom, like, okay, you need to get out your phone right now and make a list. Like, I need a new ID and I need all of these things. And we have to go to these things tomorrow because, you know, Brandon and I can't live without all these things. Um, so even then, like, even though I'm having my feet soaked and whatnot and I'm in pain, I'm still not even thinking about the fact that, like, I'm injured. Yeah. Walk me through everything after this, you know, because you said your parents went to look for Mm -hmm. your cat and you never found your cat. I mean, that's your kitty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for him, it was months of doing everything that we could. You know, we put a trail cam up where the apartment was to see if he'd ever come back and, you know, put out the little belongings that I had in my car that had my scent, um, which was only one jean jacket. Um, you know, we had, he was on the front of our local newspaper because, you know, it was that big on social media that people were sharing to find him. Um, it was, it was a lot trying to look for him. At some point I had to just kind of make peace with, you know, what happened and that we'll never really know. Um, you know, he partially what gives you hope is, you know, when the firefighters say, Oh, he wasn't found in the house. And it's like, okay. So then that opens up the store possibility of like, oh, am I going to find him then? And then months and months pass and then you don't. Right. And that's really hard. Did they find what happened, what caused the fire? Um, they didn't. They It actually is put down as undetermined in the fire report. Um, the investigator had suspicion that was due to electrical, outdated electrical stuff, um, but he couldn't say for sure. Um it even took about three weeks after the fire before we could even go up into my unit to try to save what little bit we could. Um, so I still, to this day, have two bins of, you know, random items that I had um, that we saved from the house. I had a lot more, but I had a lot, let a lot of it go because there just was no bringing it back because of the amount of damage. I was going to ask you, yeah, if anything at all 
was able to be salvaged from the fire. So not no, much. No, not much at all. Um, I mean, some special things, when but that's did, about it. When did everything finally start setting in, Ashley, that this place that was your home, your belongings, all the things you know are now gone? I mean, you, you when someone has a house fire, they have to completely start over with life. Yeah. Things that we've, you know collected or accumulated from trips or from gifts from friends or family, um, childhood stuffed animals, everything. I don't know what you had in there, but they're all gone. And those are huge. The, while it's just stuff, I know we always say it's just stuff. Thank God, you know, you're okay. That's true. But also th- those are your things. When did this set in for you, you think? I think it took about a week. Um, We were really fortunate to where my grandparents allowed us to come live with them because they had the extra room, Um, but they actually were out of town. So we were kind of there just just us two, which was really nice um, because people are great and want to be there for you, but sometimes you need to just not be around other people. Um, But I think it took about a week because I just got overwhelmed with actually wearing clothes. I was fortunate to where I was given a lot of clothes, but when you're given clothes, you wear what you need to, and not necessarily what's your personal style. And I don't remember what it is that we were going to, but I got upset because I didn't have an outfit that I wanted to wear. Mm -hmm. I also imagine going to sleep wasn't the easiest thing for you for a while. Yes. um, I actually had to start taking anti-anxiety medications to go to sleep because sleeping was my trigger. Um, So if I accidentally fell asleep on the couch at night, I was fine. But if I would try to go to bed, I could not. And this led to depression. It did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I went to a really hard place for a long time. And what makes my situation so much different is I do work in mental health. And so I'm very aware of the depression, right? So I'm going through it. I'm like, okay, I know this is depression. That doesn't make it better. It doesn't help it. Um, to be able to acknowledge it, it just almost makes you feel more isolated of like, oh, how how do I make this better? Um, instead of just taking in like, I'm depressed right now and that, and that's okay. I'm allowed to be. This was a big thing. Um, about a week and a half after the fire, I got into a car accident. <laughs> and I, yep, oh I, gosh. and I totaled my car. And so that just that was the day that I just completely lost it. I remember kicking and screaming while my husband just held me because it felt like at that point, everything from my old life and my life before the fire was gone. In your initial email, you said you'd be out and you'd see someone wearing like a cardigan mm-hmm. you had. Yeah. And just little reminders like that really affected you. Yeah. I think that's what makes, you know, and partially why I want to talk about this is just house fires are such a unique trauma because it's not someone raising their voice that triggers you. It's something so what feels like minor, like I was giving a presentation and the person in the front row had the same cardigan that I used to have. And I really loved that cardigan. I have, you know, a ton of selfies in it even. And that was like, Oh wow. I I lost that. But sometimes when you're grieving those things, you feel materialistic because you didn't lose everything, right? You still have people that care about you and things like that, but it feels like you left, you lost everything. Like you hit rock bottom. Well, and I don't know what your situation was. Like if, if you're renting, I don't know if you had renter's insurance. I don't know how much, if you, if you did have it, how much was replaced, if anything, 
I mean, did you have to completely start over on your own? Did you have, did you have renter's insurance? I didn't have renter's insurance. And so, um, if you're listening to this and you don't get it, um, because it really does help. And, you know, I always was someone who was like, oh, this will never happen to me. And then it happens to you. And you're like, wow, okay, (laughs) that's a real thing. Um, I honestly hadn't even heard about renter's insurance until after the fire, just because that's not something Mm -hmm. that they really like teach you a whole lot. Um, No. I mean, some apartments require it, but usually, yeah, I think um, like places like you live where it's kind of an individual owner, that's not usually a requirement. So how would you know? A a lot of the time you really don't unless a parent tells you or you're moving in somewhere where they were. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, We were very lucky to have a lot of amazing family and friends that really helped us a lot with getting our needs met. You know, in May, we moved into our apartment that we're still in now and pretty much had it fully furnished just because people were so generous with giving us what we needed, you know, whether it be a couch or a set of pans, we definitely had everything that we needed to rebuild our life. Is is that the biggest thing that you feel like where, you know, you felt so supported was people helping you reset your life? Is that what, you know, is that what you guys needed? It was it the outpouring of just people checking in on you. What was it for you that helped make things a tiny bit easier? I think it was a combination of things. Um, you know, just people being there to let us talk about it. Sometimes when you want to talk about things that are hard, people get uncomfortable. They get kind of weird about it. And so we were fortunate to have a lot of people who would just let us talk through everything, all the weird stuff, you know, um, my now husband the next day made a joke of, hey, I guess our dishes fight is over. And to have friends who kind of just allowed us to indulge in that humor was so powerful and so great. Mm-hmm. When you think of that night, what flashes through your mind? Um, I think the the first thing that comes to my mind is just standing there helplessly staring at our house just burned down. And feeling so powerless. When you moved into your new place, you said people helped you and, you know, you got things set up. How long did it take you to feel secure in your home again? I don't know that I still fully do. Um, I would say that we've we lived here for probably five months or so before I stopped panicking about every little thing and, you know, everything that's plugged in and stuff like that. Um, but I still, you know... I think it was like three months ago, our upstairs neighbor had like a bonfire and I didn't know about it. And so I looked out my window and I saw the glow and that just brought me right back. And so I'm always really suspicious of, of those things. Mm -hmm. From this whole experience, do you have any advice for people in general? And it could be anything. It could be from get runner's insurance or it could be anything um, that you've learned through this entire, honestly, Mm -hmm. trauma. Yeah, I I think the biggest thing that I learned is that it's okay to need other people. I was always very independent and took care of everything emotionally and otherwise by myself. Um, I relied on very little people to have my needs met. And so that was partially what kind of prolonged my depression is just really struggling with that sense of, oh, I'm no longer independent. That's not true. I was still independent, but I needed people to care for me and that was okay. I I think a big thing too is I really just wanted to share this story so people knew that there's a people out there that this happens to. It felt so lonely when my husband and I went through it because no one completely understands 
you know, having a house fire is, is such a unique trauma. It, there's so many layers that come with that and that continue on with you that just doesn't get talked about. I, I often found myself trying to find blogs of people who I could relate to and they just weren't there um, unless it was people, mm-hmm. you know, who experienced like a wildfire out in California. It wasn't them just losing their personal house and what their experience was with that. Um, and so it's always been kind of a goal of mine to share our story so that people know that there's people out there that have experienced it and to reach out and find those people because connecting with them is so important and so helpful and so powerful. What do you, if you had found someone when you were especially looking, what would you have wanted to ask them? What would you have wanted to talk to them about, you think? I think it would have been nice to normalize all the things that were hard. So like getting triggered by someone having the same cardigan as me or, you know, every time you order a package and you have to change the address, all those little things, like how they manage that, but also to help get connected to resources too, because that piece in those first couple days after the fire were so overwhelming. It's almost like I needed someone to just come management for me. Because it was just so much. They throw information at you like, call this place and call this place. And it's just so much that you can't sift through it. How has your husband done through all of it? He has been an absolute wonderful partner in all of it. Um, We struggled a lot when we first moved into our new apartment. Because we grieve so differently. Um, And what I mean by that is I want to talk through it. I want to talk at it, talk through it. I want to tell everyone that my, where my emotions are at. I'm pretty big on social media, and so I'm pretty transparent there. And he's not that. Um, he's the opposite, where he just wants to work through it and keep himself busy and occupied while he manages it himself. Mm-hmm. And so that honestly created a lot of difficulty for us as a couple because our grieving styles just clashed, right? I want to talk at you. And he's like, I need my space to process this. Um, I think that it definitely prepared us for where our relationship is at now. So you'd have to figure that out. Uh, But in those times, it was really hard for us both. Do you feel like it made you stronger, though, as a couple? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, the house fire happened in January and we were engaged. We got engaged the following July. Um, Because I feel like when you go through something like that and someone truly sees what I call the ugly, you know that they're probably a pretty good partner mm-hmm. for you because um, the things that he would see in me were, were yeah. ugly and vice versa. Yeah. Um, but we learned how to work through it. And so now when we, you know, have challenging times, we're more able to talk through it and figure it out. Um, I also think it makes you, you know, having that hard of a situation happen truly does make you appreciate when things are good. Um, Oh, I'm sure. I am a big believer that I likely was struggling with depression before the fire and the fire made me have to confront it because it just got worse. Mm. Um, And so I I think that in the long run, even though it was hard, I'm a happy person because I was forced to confront where my mental, where my own mental health was at. If, um, if someone experiences something like this or they have, and they wanted to reach out. Absolutely. Absolutely. What's the best way for to contact you um probably social media <laughs> that's kind okay. of the best way um okay. on facebook i'm on there as ash joe kraski um kraski is k-r-a-s-k-e-y um that's kind of my my okay. best outlet <laughs> yeah 
Okay. Well, Ashley, I really want to thank you for sharing your story and opening yourself up so others can reach out if they experience something similar, which is, like you said, really, really rare and hard to find someone in a similar situation because it is so, um, unfortunately, I mean, th- I'm, I mean, I'm so sorry you went through that. And I'm so thankful that you were willing to share your story and you've, you know, gotten back on your feet and you're you addressed the things that were there and and I'm so happy for you I really thank appreciate you it. um something else that I just would add quick is for people to give themselves grace because who you are after an event like that is so different um you know I think I put in my email that I struggle with changing my last name because that's all that I have left of whoever the girl before the fire was and so I've struggled a lot with embracing who my new person is. And, you know, it's okay for people to struggle with that. It's okay to acknowledge that you're different because you are, and that's okay. Yeah, I have to imagine. Yeah, that's a life-changing event. Well, Ashley, I want to thank you so much, like I said, for sharing this. And I want to thank you for listening to the Heartbroken Podcast.